Standing on the platform of truth. Pioneer Health and Missions. Today's presentation is titled, Who Receives the Rain? A title, or a study, I should say, on the former and latter rain. And what we're going to be looking at are, once again, the churches of Philadelphia and Laodicea and how they pertain to the former and latter rain. Or we could refer to it as traditional Adventism versus nominal Adventism, or the doers and the don'ts. So this is where we're going today, and I think you're going to find it quite interesting. Our opening scripture is found in Matthew chapter 17, verses 16 through 20. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather drapes, grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth, bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. As we move forward, you're going to see that this is about growth. This is about character. And this is what we'll be touching on today. For those who can, may we kneel for opening prayer. Dear Father in heaven, we pray for your presence, dear Lord, today. We pray that your spirit will be upon us. We pray that all those who are viewing and all those who are listening, that you will give understanding and draw us closer to you, dear Lord. I pray that you will speak through me, dear Lord, that my words be the words that you would have me to say. And please guide my thoughts, dear Lord, in the direction that you would have me to go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Who receives the rain? A study on the former and latter rain. And as we mentioned, we're talking Philadelphia and Laodicea, but more specifically, the doers and the don'ts. Now, we know Philadelphia, they were doers of the words, were they not? They were doers of the words. And they did not deny the Father in heaven. Now, Laodicea, we know, they do not deny the Father and Son. But they're just the opposite of the doers, aren't they? And we're going to see that within the story of the former and latter reign, it all talks all about this. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today. And not just... Philadelphia and Laodicea, let's not forget that that is right here within the Seventh-day Adventist non-Trinitarian movement. So this should, this should hit home with us. Now we're going to be looking at the where, when, whys, and hows of the former and latter rain. And we're going to start with the where. Where does the former and latter rain come from? The former and latter rains are needed. We are laborers together with God. The Lord alone can give the precious former and latter rain. The clouds, the sunshine, the dews at night, these are heaven's most precious provisions. So it comes from the Lord. It's the spirit of the Lord. How do we receive the former and latter rain? If we keep our minds stayed upon Christ, he will come unto us as the rain, as the former and latter rain upon the earth, as the son of righteousness. He will arise with healing in his wings. We may grow as the lily, revive as the corn, and grow as the vine. It's about growth. And we're going to see that as we go. It's about growth. What is represented by the former rain? 
The sowing of the gospel seed will not be a success unless the seed is quickened into life by the dew of heaven. What's that do? The Holy Spirit. Before one book of the New Testament was written, before one gospel sermon had been preached, excuse me, had been preached after Christ's ascension, the Holy Spirit came upon the praying apostles. Then the testimony of their enemies was, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. So it's spirit and doctrine. These two things we're going to see coming up often here as we read. The former reign is doctrine. So let's touch on that uh, before. And then we're going to touch on the Holy Spirit as well. But let's take a look at doctrine here for a little bit. We're going to be reading here from Deuteronomy 32, verses 1 and 2. Give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak. O hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My what? Doctrine shall drop as the rain. My speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb, and as the showers upon the grass. Christ makes no apology when he declares, I am the light of the world. He was in life and teaching the gospel, the foundation of all pure doctrine. So Christ, we have his spirit. We have his doctrine. They go together. And that's what we're going to be looking at is they go together. You can't have an incorrect doctrine and expect to have Christ. You can't have, and vice versa. They go together. The excellence of Jesus Christ will ever shine in the character of true believers, and they will adorn the doctrine of the Savior, of our Savior. Thus, the excellency of the power of the gospel are revealed. What is the purpose of doctrine? All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. What does it mean to furnish a home? It's the things you need to live, isn't it? It is the things that we need. To, and this is where doctrine is so profitable. We need that knowledge. We need those furnishings that we might strive to become those characters, those people that we are here to be. That is our duty. And these are the tools that we have at our disposal, if we will make use of them. The former reign is also spirit. Looking upon the touching scene, behold the majesty of heaven, surrounded by the twelve whom he has chosen. He is about to set them apart for their work. By these feeble agencies, through his word and spirit, he designs to place salvation within the reach of all. Again, we're seeing the word, doctrine, scripture, and spirit. There are today many as ignorant of the Holy Spirit's work upon the heart as were those believers in Ephesus. Yet no truth is more clearly taught in the word of God. Prophets and apostles have dealt upon this, this theme, Christ himself calls our attention to the growth of the vegetable world as an, as an in illustration of the agency of his spirit in sustaining spiritual life. So again, it's word and spirit. And what's the purpose? It's growth. This is how we grow in character, who we are, our person. This is what the Holy Spirit is doing for us. It's this combined with doctrine. 
The sap of the vine ascending from the root is diffused to the branches, sustaining growth and producing blossoms and fruit. So the life-giving power of the Holy Spirit proceeding from the Savior pervades the soul, renews the motives and affections, and brings even the thoughts into obedience to the will of God, enabling the receiver to bear the precious fruits of holy deeds. A beautiful thing, is it not? So when do the former reign begin? The act of Christ in breathing upon his disciples the Holy Ghost and in imparting his peace to them was a few drops before the plentiful shower to be given on the day of Pentecost. Now it starts getting interesting. So we've kind of laid the groundwork. We know it's doctrine and we know it's spirit. And we know that at the time of Pentecost, we're talking about the upper chamber, there's a sprinkling of the Holy Spirit. And under the sprinkling, Doctrine has its influence. They come together in doctrine. They come together in one accord. So there's a sprinkling before the outpouring. They're coming together in one truth, one faith. Not one believing this, not one believing that. We'll read on. Disciples were of one doctrine. Let's read about it. It says, notice that it was after the disciples had come into perfect unity when they were no longer striving for the highest place, that the Spirit was poured out. They were of one accord. We have this so backwards so often in our studying. How often do we hear people talk about the latter rain and expect, wait for this to come? Then we'll be those good people. Then we'll have understanding. And there is true. We do have a sprinkling of the Holy Spirit now. But it's when we come together as one in doctrine, step back onto that platform of truth as we spoke about this morning, that that spirit will outpour onto us. We have the truth. We have the doctrine. Beautiful light has been given to the Church of Philadelphia, to our Adventist pioneers. Are we willing to accept it? Step back onto that platform of perfect unity so that outpouring of the latter rain will come upon us. So there's a process here that we need to heed to. All differences had been put away, and the testimony born of them after the Spirit had been given was the same. There wasn't one believing this, one believing this. There weren't doers over here and don'ts over there. They were of one accord and believing the same. And I continue. Mark the word, the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. The spirit of him who died that sinners might live animated the entire congregation of the believers. The disciples came, come to, came together in spirit and doctrine. During the patriarchal age, the influence of the Holy Spirit had often been revealed in a marked manner, but never in its fullness. Now in what? Obedience to the word. Of the Savior, the disciples offered their supplication for this gift. And in heaven, Christ added his intercession. He claimed the gift of the Spirit that he might pour it upon his people. What's taking place here? They're coming together in doctrine, in obedience to doctrine. Christ is pleading. My people, they're striving to obey. They're striving to do your will they're striving through the Holy Spirit to, to honor you and do your will. Please pour your Spirit out upon them. Now, what if they weren't obeying? What if they were just sitting back saying, oh, I'm saved the way I am? 
What would be his plea? What would Christ be pleading? I know they don't want to do your will, dear Lord. I know they, they just want to please themselves. Can you still pour your spirit upon them anyway? Would he have a claim in a court of law? And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all of one accord in one place. This is what the sprinkling of the Holy Spirit. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. That's a beautiful scene. What is that? That's the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Once they came together, that same sprinkling we have today, we have that sprinkling to come together in truth. Are we willing to step onto the platform and accept all the truth from the spirit of prophecy, the pioneers, and the Bible? Are we willing to heed the three witnesses and step onto that platform? The Spirit came upon the waiting, praying disciples with the fullness that reached every heart. The infinite one revealed himself in power to his church. His church was of one accord. His church is not one believing this and one believing that. It was as if for ages this influence had been held in restraint and now heaven rejoiced in being able, finally, being able to pour out upon the church the riches of the Spirit's grace. Amen. Amen. What were they waiting for? Obedience. Coming together. We've been given beautiful light. We have that sprinkling of spirit. We don't need to be waiting for something to come. It's here right now. It's are we willing? Are we willing to live up to the light that we have been given? What if the disciples were not obedient to the word or of one accord? Would the additional rain still have come? Well, let's read about that. We're going to go to the Bible. Leviticus, Leviticus 26, 3 and 4. If ye... If ye walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, then, then I will give you rain in due season. Often do we miss what's being said there? It says, if ye do them, then we do them not of our own accord by the sprinkling of the Holy Spirit we've been granted. The greatest thing we do on our part is being willing to allow the Holy Spirit to transform us. Christ does the rest. Christ does the rest. We read on, it says, I'll start at the beginning of four. Then I will give you rain in due season, and the land shall yield her increase, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. That's beautiful. I know I want that good character. I want to yield that fruit. I want to yield that fruit. The people joined them in one doctrine and one spirit. So what took place? The disciples came together in one accord, one doctrine, one faith. Not one believing this, one believing that. The Holy Spirit comes upon them. They take the message to the world. Now they go form their churches. People join them, believing one faith. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls in a day. Were the apostles accepting what they were believing? Were they accepting what the apostles had to, had to share? 
Were they stepping on a platform of truth through the power of the Holy Spirit? They are all stepping on the platform. And we continue on. It says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread and of prayers, and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Fear God and give glory to him, my friends. First angel's message, all the way back then. Beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. And all that believed were what? They were together. They were together as one. And had all things common. Again, not one believing this, one believing that. And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. Let's pause there for a second. Sold their possessions and goods. What happened when God called the Church of Philadelphia together? Again, going out to form new churches based on truth. They were selling their possessions too, weren't they? They were preparing for the coming of Christ. They were getting their lives in order. Brother helping brother overcome character issues and everything else. It was a beautiful scene. It's a repeat of what was taking place at the time of Pentecost. And we were told that this will happen again. I think it's happening again right now too. I truly do. And we read on. And they continued daily with one accord. Continued on. It's all about being of one accord. And in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added unto the church daily such as should be saved. Those under the former reign strive through Christ. So this is the process of the former reign. It's the fitting up. This is the doers. Those, these are the ones that are coming together. These are the ones that are coming together. Those that want to be a part of the former reign, the Church of Philadelphia. They are the doers. Those who at Pentecost were endowed with power from on high were not thereby freed from further temptation and trial. I'm going to pause here for a second. It's not easy. It's not easy. No. When we walk in the ways of the Lord, it's not easy. We're going to be hit from every angle, every side. We're going to fall a lot. I fall a lot. But what do we do? Do we stop? Do we go accept the easy message, saved, saved in sin, and just count on grace? Or do we pick ourselves back up, slip that hand right back in Christ and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I don't want to be this person. I want your character. I want your mind. Please, we can do this again. Please forgive me. And we continue on again. That's the fitting up process. And every time we get back up, it's easier. But what if we stop getting up? There's no getting easier. There's no nothing. Throwing in the white towel. My friends, we could do all things through Christ if we're willing. If we're willing. We read on. They were repeatedly assailed by the enemy of all truth. It's going to happen. But Christ is there for us, who sought to rob them of their Christian experience. They were compelled to strive with all their God-given powers to reach the measure of the stature of men and women in Christ. Hmm. If we're willing, if that's our desire, there's something beautiful to come. 
And we have the power to do it now at our fingertips if we're willing. We have that sprinkling now. It's a matter of if we're willing. We are to do all that we can do on our part to fight the good fight of faith. This is the former reign. This is what, it, this is what the former reign is about. We are to wrestle, to labor, to strive, to agonize, to enter in at the straight gate. We are to set the Lord ever before us because we can't do it on our own. With clean hands, with pure hearts, we are to seek, seek to honor God in all our ways. Fear God, give glory to him. In our, all our ways, we are striving to do what's right. We're trying to be good people. There's nothing wrong with trying. There isn't nothing wrong with trying to be a good person through Christ. I really don't think that Christ is going to say when we get there to the gates. You can't come in. You try too hard to be a good person. We're not going to hear that. What are we going to hear if we're not trying? This is a, what the former reign and the latter reign is about. It's about fitting ourselves up, about trying, about our character, being willing to change who we are. I don't like who I am. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live for all of eternity with this person right here. I really don't. I really don't. My, my wife could vouch for that, too. So, Help has been provided for us in him who is mighty to save. The spirit of truth, as we learned this morning, what's the opposite of spirit of truth? Spirit of error. The spirit of truth and light will quicken and renew us by its mysterious workings. For all our spiritual improvement comes from God, not from ourselves. The true worker will have divine power to aid him, but the idler will not be sustained by the Spirit of God. The idler will not be sustained by the Spirit of God. That's scary. So it's one thing to have improper doctrine. We know that the spirit of error is not accompanied by the Holy Spirit. But if we sit around and do nothing and we have no desire to change and we seek to be saved in sin, and justified for the image of sin that we carry with us will not be sustained by the Spirit of God. Things are going to get tough. It's a struggle now. Yeah, we're going to fall a lot. It's going to get a lot harder. We better start getting some practice. And I pray we start trying to get some practice. They prayed daily for the Holy Spirit. Daily they prayed for fresh supplies of grace that they might reach higher and still higher toward perfection. There's that perfection word. Were they striving for mediocrity? No. They, and perfection still doesn't give it justice. We're striving for the character of Christ. There is no word. Perfection does not describe what we are striving for. And we can't attain it. It's been promised. Under the Holy Spirit's working, even the weakest by exercising faith in God, even the weakest by exercising faith in God, learn to improve their entrusted powers and to become sanctified, refined, and ennobled. This is Philadelphia. This is the platform. And it's believing and being willing to be refined. What's the opposite of this? It's more than just sitting aisle. It's denying sanctification. It's denying perfection. It's denying works. It's denying overcoming. Some of what we spoke about this morning. 
The former reign is for fitting up for the kingdom. It's a lot of work. Let's read about it, though. Before the work is closed up and the sealing of God's people is finished, we shall have the outpouring of the Spirit of God. Amen. Angels from heaven will, will be in our midst. The present, now that's the latter reign to come that we just read about. This is the present. This is the former reign. The present is the fitting up time for heaven. That's where we're at right now. We're in the fitting up time for heaven. When we each must walk in full obedience to how many? All the commandments of God. This is where we're striving to be that person we want to be for all of eternity. And that's not the person, at least I am right now. And I have a lot of things I need to work on. This world is not the Christian heaven, but merely the workshop of God. I like that. He's taking the time for us. Are we giving the time to God? Where we are being fitted up to unite with sinless angels in a holy heaven. This is where we're going. These are the, this is who we're, our company is going to be. We're going to be surrounded by beautiful beings, heavenly angels. Oh, perfection. I wish there was a better word to describe the person I want to be. The latter rain. We're going to look more in the latter rain now because that's when things do get a little bit easier. There's going to be a little bit of overlap on the former rain in here as there was prior with the latter rain. The process of fruit bearing. The husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and latter rain. So the Christian is to wait with patience for the fruition in his life of the word of God. Often when we pray for the graces of the Spirit, God works to answer our prayers by placing us in circumstances to what? Develop these fruits. There's a reason why we struggle. It's to overcome, to be that better person. But we do not understand his purpose and wonder and are dismayed. Don't be dismayed. We battle through and we fall. And every time we get back up, we slip that hand back in. And every time we grow and fruit eventually will come forth. Yet none can develop these graces except through the process of growth and fruit bearing. There's no magic switch. How many look to the latter rain and say, oh, I'm just going to wait until that switch comes on. I'm selling to be that good person. And life's going to be easy. Oh, I wish it was that simple, my friends. I wish it was because I would love that. I would love that. But it's not. It's not that simple. And it's not that hard. And it's not that hard either. Our part is to receive God's word and to hold it fast, yielding ourselves fully to its control. That's the key, my friends. If we yield and we are willing, then the Holy Spirit could work with us. But if we're not willing, it's, there's, there's nowhere for the Holy Spirit to go to its control. And its purpose in us will be accomplished. Mm. If we are willing, it will happen. We truly can do all things through Christ. The latter rain ripens the fruit. The work will be similar to that of the day of Pentecost, as the former rain was given in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at the opening of the gospel to cause the upspringing of the precious seed so the latter rain will be 
at its close for the ripening of the harvest. So we're seeing a repeat of the day of Pentecost again. Did you see the process? It's doctrine, proper doctrine, standing on the platform of truth, allowing the Holy Spirit to transform us according to these truths. And it's a growing process. It's a lot of falling down and getting back up. But we can do it. It's been promised. Christ overcame in this character. Oh, we've got a lot to be proud of and a lot to be thankful for because we too can do the same. Worry not about the latter rain befitting for the harvest. Interesting statement there, huh? We need not worry about the latter rain. All we have to do is keep the vessel clean and right side up and prepared for the reception of the heavenly rain and keep praying, let the latter rain come into my vessel. We have our sprinkling. We need to make use of it. Don't be worried about the latter rain. Most everything you hear in the former latter rain is this beautiful thing to come, and it will be. And to look forward and to wait, and it's, this light switch is going to come on. You're going to be a good person. Don't worry about that right now. Worry about the task at hand. We have the Holy Spirit. We have a sprinkling. We prayed for the Holy Spirit right here, and it's with us right now. Will we take advantage of it? Are we willing to do the work that is assigned to us at this time? Let the light of the glorious angel, which unites the, with the third angel, shine upon me. Give me a part in the work. Let me sound the proclamation. Let me be a collaborator with Jesus Christ. Thus seeking God, let me tell you, he is fitting you up all the time, giving you his grace. Oh, we're not alone. We're being fitted up at this moment. Every time we stumble, stumble every time we shed a tear, we're not alone. God is making us the people that not only he wants us to be, but inside you truly want to be too. Like ripening grain, this precious, tried, and faithful ones are fitting for the harvest. Their work is nearly done. Mmm. The work is nearly done. Now's not the time to quit. Rejoice in the toils of the former rain, for the latter rain cometh. Hmm. How can we rejoice in these toils? Let's read about it. Galatians 6, 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. We will reap wonderful, wonderful fruits. And isn't that a beautiful thing? Well-doing's a good thing. Works is a good thing. What will we reap? To have the character of Christ. What a reward. Isn't that what we're striving for? Isn't that what we're working for? What's the most beautiful thing when we get to heaven? Is it going to be a mansion? What about if we reach a character so beautiful that we could stand in front of our Heavenly Father and not be destroyed and be able to look at our Father in Heaven in the eye? Won't that be a beautiful thing? That's what it's about, my friends. Yes, perfection cannot describe that. Joel 2.23 Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain modestly, a sprinkling, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former and the latter rain. We have what we need right now. And what's coming is going to be totally awesome because it will be much more of the Spirit.
Without the former rain, there is no latter rain. Now, this is something to take seriously. There's a couple statements here that we need to take seriously. We read something this morning about rejecting the Holy Spirit as being a sin against the Holy Spirit. Let's read this. Many have, in a great measure, failed to receive the former rain. They have not obtained all the benefits that God has thus provided for them. They expect that the lack will be supplied by the latter rain. Oh, how often do we hear that, my friends? When the richest abundance of grace shall be bestowed, they intend to open their hearts to receive it. They are making a terrible mistake. Why? That rain's going to miss them. If we don't till that soil, we don't remove those weeds through Christ, there's no latter rain to come. The work that God has begun in the human heart is giving his light and knowledge must be continually going forward. Every individual must realize his own necessity. His own necessity. The heart must be emptied of every defilement and cleansed for the indwelling of the Spirit. Many will be found wanting. I saw that many were neglecting the preparation so needful, the fitting up, and were looking to the time of, of refreshing and of the latter rain to fit them to stand in the day of the Lord and to live in his sight. I'm going to pause there for a second. We talked about the issues of sin today and how many seek to justify sin. And they look for something great to come, a sudden glorification, while they live in sin now, claiming that they can't change, that it's a state we're just in. Will they be able to stand in the sight of the Lord? If they miss the preparation now, and the preparation is works, obedience, striving for perfection through Christ, if we neglect this, there is no latter rain. We're talking the doers and the don'ts. Philadelphia and Laodicea. I wish there was a nice way to present it. But this is what Scripture says. This is what Spirit of Prophecy says. We could ignore it. We could accept it. Choice is ours. Everything is choice. I'm going to read on. It says, Oh, how many I saw in the time of trouble without a shelter. They had neglected the needful preparation. Therefore, they could not receive the freshing that all must have to fit them to live in the sight of a holy God. We saw the two sides of Adventism today. In, the, in fact, that was the title of the presentation for those of you who have may not seen it. It's called The Two Sides of Adventism. And you can find it here on YouTube as well. And we talk about the errors that have come in, that we have led us to believe a false security that we are saved the way we are. That there's nothing we have to do. There's nothing we can do. We learned that the pioneers believed in cooperation with the divine. That we truly can do all things through Christ and that Christ truly was like us. My friends, we need to believe. We need to step back onto that platform and start the preparation for going home. We need to start fitting ourselves for the kingdom. It is so needful. There is no latter rain if, there is no, if we do not heed the first. I was shown that if God's people make no efforts on their part, but wait for the refreshing to come upon them and remove their wrongs and correct their errors, 
if they depend upon that to cleanse them from the filthiness of the flesh and spirit and fit them to engage in the loud cry of the third angel, what will happen? They will be found wanting. They will be found wanting. That's not where we want to be. We don't want to be there, my friends. We don't want to be found wanting. The refreshing or power of God comes only on those who have prepared themselves for it by what? Doing the work which God bids them. This is our duty. God's giving us another chance. That's the beauty of grace. He's given us another chance to get home. Not the way we are. How bad do we want to have the character of Christ? We're talking about being with holy angels. I want that character. And sometimes I look at myself and I don't think it's possible. I have the same struggles. But we can do this. It's been promised. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Only those who live up to the light given receive the latter rain. Have we been given a lot of light? The Adventist pioneers, spirit of prophecy, in the Bible, the church of Philadelphia. We've been given great light, beautiful light. Will we accept it? There must be no neglect of the grace represented by the former rain. Only those who are living up to the light they have will receive greater light. If we're denying the light now, is there any light to come? No. Unless we are daily advancing in the exemplification of the active Christian virtues, we shall not recognize the manifestations of the Holy Spirit in the latter rain. It may be falling on hearts all around us, but we shall not discern or receive it. This is serious, my folks, my friends. How do we live up to the light given? So let's look at this a little bit. I know it's not an easy thing. Cultivate the habit of talking with the Savior. I love that line. Cultivate the habit of talking to the Savior. Let the heart be continually uplifted in silent petition for health, for light, for strength, for knowledge. Let every breath be a prayer. Where's our focus? Is our focus on this world? Is it in front of that television? In front of the computer? What, watching what we shouldn't be? Or is it focused on Christ? Where, where is our focus? Let every breath be a prayer. Talk to the Savior everywhere you go. Grocery store, wherever it might be. Christ, should I take this off the shelf? Should I buy this? Look at the ingredients. You know, you probably wouldn't want me to eat this, would you? I'm putting it back. Do you talk to, Savior, to your Savior everywhere you go? Good. We need to keep doing that. We don't want to stop that. Prayer and effort, effort and prayer will be the business of your life. It's not a free ride. We do play a role. The greatest effort we have is being willing. It goes on, it says, you must pray as though the affinity and praise were all due to God and labor as though duty were all your own. And I'm going to pause there. This is how Ellen White lived her life. You pray and we pray and we pray. But do we wait for that magic pill to suddenly make us good? No, we step out in faith. And we try to be that good person. And we believe. We believe that we can do all things through Christ. We don't sit idle. We don't sit idle. 
If you want power, you may have it. It is waiting your draft upon it. Only believe in God, take him at his word, act by faith, and blessings will come. This is the words of the Holy Spirit, my friends. This is the spirit of prophecy. Do we believe that the Holy Spirit is behind the spirit of prophecy? Then we can believe what we just read right now. We can believe this. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. We can, my friends. We got to get away from this. We can't. We can't. This is how we are. This is how we are. I don't mean that in a bad way, but we can't be thinking that because we can do all things through Christ if we really want to change. If we don't want to change, then we won't. There must be cooperation in working the soil. Put on, not pieces of the armor, but put on the whole armor. Fight meaningfully the battles of the Lord. God helps those who help themselves. Hmm. How many have read this before? God helps those who help themselves. I bet you there's many that are watching that have not read this or heard this. But yes, God helps those who helps, them, helps themselves. Don't be afraid to try. There's nothing wrong with trying to be a good person. Remo and know that it's through Christ that we do all things. Seek him. Lord, I need your help. I don't want to be this person. And step out and believe he's with you. Because he is. He is. Man cannot possibly work out his own salvation without the ordained divine power. And amen. God will not do for man that which he requires man to do for himself at the same time. Through his own earnest, willing cooperation. It's a partnership. We can't do it on our own. But God can't do it without us. But God can't do it without us. Are we willing? Are we truly willing? The only hope for us, if we would overcome, is to unite our will with God's will and work in cooperation with him, hour by hour and day by day. Are we willing to have our will brought into perfect conformity with the will of God? Until we are willing, until we are willing, the transforming grace of God cannot be manifest upon us. If you read nothing else today, if we're not willing, my friends, it's not going to happen. That's what divides the Seventh-day Adventist non-Trinitarian movement. Philadelphia, Laodicea, doers and the don'ts. One is striving and we're falling a lot. We know we can't do it on our own through Christ. And another, we're seeking justification and sin. We're not willing to change. We're not willing to try. But if we're willing, we're not alone. Christ is with us and we truly can overcome the latter rain will close out the gospel. The great work of the gospel is not to close with less manifestation of the power of God than marked its opening. The prophecies which were fulfilled in the outpouring of the former rain at the opening of the gospel are again to be fulfilled in the latter rain at its close. It's all been laid out for us. It's all been laid out for us. We've, history repeats itself. It's taking place right now. Here are, the times, here are the times of refreshing to which the Apostle Peter looked 
forward when he said, Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of, the, of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord, and he shall send Jesus. Oh, that's what I'm looking forward to. Isn't that going to be beautiful? Do you want to be sitting idle when that time comes? No. Are we preparing for the harvest through Christ? That's where we're at. I've kind of shown you a little bit of the former and latter rain. A little different perspective. It's, are we taking advantage of the sprinkling of the Spirit that we have? Are we hanging on to true doctrine, led by the Spirit of truth, that of the pioneers in the Spirit of prophecy? Are we building on that? Are we using it to develop our characters and be the people that God wants us to be? And inside, I hope that we want to be. Or are we looking for, are we looking for a way out? Are we looking for justification in sin? There's two gospels within the Seventh-day Adventist non-Trinitarian movement. The former and latter reign shows this divide. There are those that are heeding the former reign. We're taking advantage of the spirit that's given to try to be those people. And then we have those that are not going to receive the latter rain. And I hope all of us take this seriously. I know I'm not the person I want to be, but we truly can be through Christ, my friends. And I pray that we all will be willing to take that stand, step onto the platform of truth, and truly allow the Holy Spirit to work within us. That one day we might say, or hear, or hear the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. And that is my closing prayer. And may we close for prayer. For those who can, may we kneel for prayer. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your spirit, dear Lord. And we thank you for the doctrine that you have given us, the beautiful light that you have given the Adventist pioneers, the Church of Philadelphia. I pray, dear Lord, that you give us all the courage, the strength, and the faith to step onto that platform and be truly willing to allow the Holy Spirit to transform us in the character that you would have us to be, the character of Christ, the character of Christ. Dear Lord, I pray that you will continue with us throughout this day and the days to come and keep you ever before us. May every thought be a prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Standing on the Platform of Truth. Pioneer Health and Missions.